0: Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Lady Chow Fung and Kenny, and we're going to talk about Dirty Ho, a 1979 Kar Lung film starring Gordon Liu. In Dirty Ho, Gordon Liu plays Mr. Wang, a Manchu prince disguised as a merchant, in order to uncover which brother is trying to kill him. He uses tricks and cunning to turn Ho Ching into, into his disciples so he can shape him into a more virtuous man and reveal the identity of the murderous brother in question. Um, so this is a, a very well-known movie. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lady Chow Fung, what did, what did you think?
1: Um, I like Dirty Ho. Um, the title, I guess, was kind of a misnomer for me. I I was expecting something completely different. But um, I like this movie. I thought it was a great non-traditional um, kung fu film where the focus is not on getting revenge for a change. And um, the plot... Is that a prince is trying, a Manchu prince is trying to find out uh, which of his brothers is trying to kill him. So I thought it was a good film, especially since you don't see uh, Manchus being the hero and the villain in it. I thought it had some of my favorite actors in it. I love Gordon Liu, Kara Hui, and um, Wang Longwei. And um, I think it had a great mix of uh, comedy and seriousness. I thought that was perfect. It was a well written script and everything was performed very well.
2: Um, Yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie as well, and I thought it was, uh, visually speaking, very appealing. Um, The characters are all, you know... uh, Detty Ho and, uh, and the 11th Prince are both uh, very lovable characters, I thought, and uh, so the fight scenes were very well done. Like, they were all very, to me, it felt all very technical, being, you know, sort of, someone's not familiar with martial arts, but um, I really appreciated the sort of the little tricks they had and the, uh, and the tight sort of choreography they had going throughout all the different fight scenes. Um and yeah it was i i thought it was a very funny movie and i i generally prefer gordon new and his sort of more comedic roles than anything serious i don't think i can't, I can't actually remember anything serious has been in so um uh, he, he has like a a flair for uh comedic timing i think and it, it contributes a lot to making this movie uh, as in, as entertaining as it was
0: yeah and i i, I thought this is a, a really good movie i think i think it a lot of it boils down to the the fight scenes the fight scenes are very well choreographed and they're they're almost easy to miss because the movie is so sort of witty and and focused on on things that you know normally aren't necessarily the focus of a kung fu movie and so sometimes you don't even realize that a great kung fu sequence is unfolding before your eyes um but also i like the the comedy in this one i thought it was top notch and i thought again this is something that you encounter in a lot of lao Carlung movies but in this one particularly you get that that variety of of of, of tones and the variety of scenes and locations and so i felt like you you end in such a different place from where you started with the movie and by the time you get there you've you've traversed so much varied terrain that it uh you know you, you it's just surprising um because at the start of the film, you know, you really think it's going to end up somewhere very different than where it goes. Um, so, yeah. So I don't know. I guess getting getting right into it, we should probably talk about the title because that's the first thing that that really tends to come up. And uh, obviously, uh, Kenny, you were saying that uh, in uh, in the original uh, language, it, it, it really just means something more like uh, uh, broken headed hoe or or rotten headed hoe.
2: Yeah, it's more like a reference to the head wound that he um, sustains partway through the movie, um, and yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a strange choice for a translation of a title. Um, I, the title, and I I can only imagine it being done on purpose in, in order yeah as a sort of marketing gimmick to make it uh, well stand out. I mean uh, yeah, you were saying Brendan that most people who know you know, a handful uh, you know, at least a handful of kung fu movies will will know of. Dirty hoe, even if they haven't seen it, just because yeah. the name sounds so unique.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean it's like funny. It's it's like you know it's it sounds like, like people say it and they laugh. It's it's one of those kinds of names, um, and I think uh, uh, the only thing I mean the only content you could pot like if they were trying to go with that meaning, the only content where it would make any sense is really the the name of the character Ho and the fact that there are it does start at a at a brothel boat sequence. Um, and so there is sort of that prostitution element that, that factors in early on. But, uh, but, but it doesn't seem like, the, it just seems like, it, uh, like you said, like it might've been more exploitation-y, uh, setting the title that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's, that, oh, go well, ahead. So as, uh,
2: yeah, sorry, as, as I was saying that to the earlier, um, it, at no point in the movie do they actually refer like in the, in the dubs. At no point do they actually say his name as being "dirty ho" or was ever, ever was ever mentioned as a nickname. It was always referred to as Ho Ching. um So it, 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 even yeah, I think that makes it sound like even uh, even more as a sort of a, a choice on the translation then to, to have that as the name of the movie.
0: Yep. Though we're going by the dubs here, so if it's possible, because yeah. when when I looked at the Hong Kong movie database. It had it, uh, the character name was listed as Dirty Ho, but I don't know if that's because of what it says in the dubs or if that's just what people have taken to calling him. Um, but yeah, I, I think if that's the case, then that's, that would be there's a good argument to be made for that. Um, and
1: yeah. I kind of oh, go ahead. I, I thought that, um, kind of the Dirty Ho kind of besides the head wound, which you eventually he eventually sustains, but. Um, maybe it was referring to his character in that he wasn't a legitimate jewelry dealer. Like he said, he was dealing in the stolen goods, meaning Dirty was kind of underhanded and sneaky. That's um, true. In yeah. a way,
0: that's true because he's like a thief, and so like you know, it, it, it kind it kind of makes sense. And and, and part of the whole storyline here is he's being reformed by uh, by the Eleventh Prince. So you know that's 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 definitely i think that's definitely possible too with the title um, and, and, and 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 again you know it, you know but but it definitely grabs your attention for other reasons i think
2: uh, when you hear it um, yeah,
0: and uh,
2: without going into any, like, deep historical discussions, we had a quick look before, and we, we, we're not really sure if this Dirty Ho person is actually a character established in this in history, and maybe that was just his, his nickname, or if, whether, you know, this is a character who was in the book at some point, which they're making reference to, yeah. so, yeah, there are all these possibilities out there, but, <laughs> this, it, you know the name is what the name is so we don't actually have any concrete evidence so if anyone knows uh (laughs) send us a
0: message (laughs) let us know yeah because there was that other movie with a similar title that was made much earlier that you found um and so you know sometimes when that happens is there's there's deeper terrain beneath it um so i guess getting through the uh the sort of different uh different aspects of the of the film um I think the first thing maybe worth talking about is that uh, is that that wine connoisseur scene where where he's he's uh, Gordon Liu is is fighting with Johnny Wang, but it's like the most polite sort of dignified type of martial <laughs> arts scene you can have, where onlookers don't even realize they're fighting because they're 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 really sort of keeping up appearances as they do it, and the move, movements are all so subtle that you know it looks like they're just. Having having drinks together, um, and and this has become sort of like a cliche in in kung fu movies. But this is like really exceptionally well done. Um, so I know what your what your thoughts on that scene were.
1: I thought it was a great scene. I thought it was ingenious how they choreographed that. It had to take um, a lot of balance because it seemed like most of the fighting was done below the waist. A lot of leg work was in it. And um, just so the people that were on the outside, especially um, Ho, Ho Ching was very clueless to what was actually going on. And I thought it was cool that they the wine names every time they brought out a wine name, um, the fighting style changed and the fighting style changed to match the um, the name of the wine. So it was a lot of even their speaking was hidden, and you couldn't tell that they were enemies and fighting against each other. So it was not only just the fighting that was hidden beyond view, but it was also their speech hid the fact that um, Wang Longwei's character was trying to kill Gordon Lowe's character.
0: And I mean, and, and over the whole movie, there's this wide variety of fighting. Like, like just the style range is 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 is, is pretty incredible, which we'll get into. Uh, Kenny, what were your thoughts on that scene?
2: I I really I, that scene like was very I don't know it had a lot of charm to it. I, I think especially when they were uh, when it sort was of like doing the whole fan thing in front of um, Ho Shin. Yeah, like oh here's the fan, have a look at it. And they were like, and then you have uh, the eleventh prince and uh, Mister Fan sort of fighting behind it. <laughs> I, I <laughs> thought that was like a very uh, uh, clever little, little sequence there and. And yeah, and like Dion said, like the, the, the names of the wines were all relevant to the techniques that the they, um Mr. Fan and Shaw um, Lu, I think the the, the servant's name was, uh, were
0: using. That was, um, and, and I think that was um, uh, that was the guy from My Young Auntie too. I think wasn't it? And Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Uh,
3: mm-hmm,
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, that was that was an I thought that was an amazing amazing sequence. Um. The other one, which happens soon around that, is the the Karahui scene where, uh, where um, uh, you know, Ho shows up in the boat and tries to rob him to get his money back, um, and, 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 or his treasure, basically. And, uh, and, and uh, 11th Prince is, is still trying to pretend that he's this merchant named Wang and that, he's, uh, that he doesn't know any Kung Fu. And so he tricks him and says that he hired this uh, woman who Ho knows to be a, a prostitute from the brothel boats uh, as his bodyguard and so he's doing this whole thing where he's he's manipulating her movements to have her fight him and it's really I mean it's unbelievably well done uh, just a, just a, I, 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 I just kept re-watching that scene because it was so well done um, so I, I don't know uh, if you had thoughts on that scene as well
1: yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed all the fight scenes and that was one of my favorites. I think um Cara Huey really played it off really well being the frightened musician, not knowing what was going on and um, just the whole thing was so well done that he was you know, it was like watching a giant marionette in a way mm-hmm. where he was controlling her. And, but he, he's talking to her the whole time, telling her how good she is and everything. And the whole sequence I thought was, it was really well done and funny at the same time. Just her expressions on her face and um, the exaggerated movements with the loot, um, just everything was just so well done. I thought it was an awesome scene.
2: Yeah, I, I enjoyed the scene, but I, I did feel there were a few points where Kara Huy couldn't quite hide her expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that her movements were a bit too sharp for someone who was being manipulated uh, uh, yeah, um, from the side sort of thing. So it, it was a great scene, but it's a little bit, um, her, yeah, she, she was just a bit too skillful <laughs> as it were okay. to pull it off properly, I felt okay
0: that's yeah, I guess that's a tricky balance to strike in that kind of scene i thought I thought it worked but I could I sort of see where you're coming from on that one. Mm-hmm. and I guess that that does bring us back to sort of the original scene that kicks everything off, which is the the brothel boat scene which I think is amazing just for the the set you know like obviously Lao Kar Lung likes boats there's a you know he, he likes <laughs> boats and he likes just I don't know he's very good at it creating an environment out of these sets um, he's kind of like Cho Yuen but he's operating on a whole different end of the spectrum from Cho Yuen you know Chiu Yuen is very good at, it's it, at ensconcing you in, in a place and and uh, Lao Kar Lung does that too but he does it in a different way it's more celebratory or something it's more like i'm i'm going out and i'm having like a theater experience kind of a location and so that brothel boat scene where there's all these different boats in the ma- and and basically uh, uh, Ho and uh, and and Eleventh Prince are 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 vying for for uh for the for the the the, the different sing song girls in the boat, and and that sort of becomes the source of this this sparring that they're engaged in in terms of uh, uh you know like it's more like a mental kung fu. It's not really like you know they're not actually fighting each other, but there is like a, a sort of a chess match going on between them, and it seems like this is part of Eleventh Prince's plan to to eventually get ho to be his his
2: disciple yeah he's, he's a chess match but it was really a case of who's got the fatter wallet yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was but there was cleverness involved in each of those you know what I mean? there was there was sort of like they kept one-upping each other you know what I mean? it was like a very sort of uh uh i don't know chess match might be the wrong word but it kind of like a tic-tac-toe match maybe you know
2: yeah, yeah. um but um, <laughs> the funniest part for me there was when gordon New just pulls out a massive chest of jewels it's like where, where were you keeping that <laughs> yeah, he pulls it right, yeah. <laughs> like i think he pulled it out of his robes as well i'm not i'm not really sure what happened there I'd but i'd have to he... review it but that might yeah. be right. It was just like he suddenly, you know, this a massive chest of jewels. He just pops out the table, which is like twice the size of um, Ho Ching's one. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, he's like, doing the he,
0: same thing with his talisman too. He's got that letter with the talisman that he's just been keeping yeah. in his breast pocket. I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> back there, but he's been keeping it there. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so the, but the whole scene, you know, is it and the, and then and then uh, you know the, the the guards show up because they've been tipped off that that there's stolen property on there. And, and and so you know but basically uh, the 11th prince character is just able to completely manipulate all, all of these things so that, and so that eventually uh, the uh, uh, you know uh, rotten headed hoe it, you know shows up you know ha- shows up and he's in a situation where he's able to to poison his head and then he he has to uh, he uses that poisoning in order to uh, threaten to to, to to withhold the antidote so that he can can make him his disciple
2: and and it's my it's question, more de- it's deceptive than that but what was that yeah so, so my question here is do you think at this point in the movie um the 11th prince had already made a plan to try and rope in the Ho yeah. under his banner? yeah I definitely, definitely so i think
0: i think he knew about the stolen goods before he even showed up to the brothel and i think he was the one who tipped off the guards about the uh the stolen goods and that he's been he's been yeah i think that's the i think he's that kind of character who's just he he's got a lot of foresight and he and he already sort of has his plan in place and uh and i think he's even aware that people are trying to kill him and that he's you know that this is one of the reasons why he's doing this but but i don't know i could i could be wrong because there's a. Lot. No,
2: I, I think it's definitely more the most likely um situation there because yeah like i mentioned before he had the massive crate of jewels there already which is double like it was prepared knowing right. how much ho ching already had sort of thing
1: and he um, had the letter to certify that the jewelry already belonged to him like he was well he was an antiques dealer so he had the um he already had everything all set up he was just waiting there for him i
2: guess so i guess this sort of sequence of events must have been like after ho ching obtained the jewels like he well from, from the movie we find out that the jewels actually belonged to the Godfather of the four cripples, right? Who was yeah. sort of ban- bandit right. in his own right. <laughs> um, so he he stole the jewels from a bandit. Um, technically, they're still stolen goods, but he laid claim to them. And I, th- so I, there was a little part where um, where the villagers, or after uh, chin got arrested, um, the eleventh prince arranged for the jewelry to be given back to the to the original owners. Um, I'm I'm not sure if at that point that Ho Qing had any sort of plans to return the jewelry, or if he was just sort of saying that he was going to do that anyway, type of thing.
0: Yeah, no, I don't I don't think so. I I don't think I I think he
2: was still unreformed at this point. Um, yeah. Well, given the way that he was spending at the brothel, it's it sort of I I I don't see him actually having any intention in the yeah. first place to return to being a Robin Hood type character. If that makes sense. So,
0: no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and then you mentioned the, the, the four cripples, which I think is a, a scene really worth getting into. Because um, number one, I think it's nice that it, that it tied that part of the plot into it. You know, you sort of know where the, where the things were stolen from. And then that, that is a perfect excuse for having this fight between these guys who are almost like homages to different uh, martial arts movies. So you got like you got a guy who's like basically like Jimmy Wang Yu as the one armed swordsman, <laughs> but he's like totally hemming it up. He's even got like the little speckled beard and like every and he's totally doing like all the poses. And uh and, and it's also the only scene where we even really get like uh you know, like that we, we get like almost like Cheng Che style blood spillage, but it's wine. And right. And so it, <laughs> And it's just is. I don't know. I I really enjoy that scene. The the Buddha Palm guy. And uh, it, it it just all works for me. Um, but the but the one armed swordsman parody in there is perfect. That was if if you if you like the one armed swordsman movie, <laughs> you you know exactly what they're doing. Man, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that scene?
1: Yeah, I thought that was one of the the funniest scenes. Um, especially when the one armed swordsman's arm is revealed that he has both his arms. And he's like, uh, this doesn't befit your character. Let's put that back in there yeah. and throws the coat back on so that, you know, he's now the one-armed swordsman again and the whole spillage of the wine and the guy's like saying that you spilled the blood. And then um, Ho Ching's like, uh, it's only uh, wine here, dude. So it's really not that big of a deal. I, the yeah, whole scene was he thinks he won
0: the fight because he sees the wine on the ground. He thinks it's blood, and uh, and then the the blind man too, the blind guy. The
2: Buddha Palm. He was, the, was he the Buddha Palm guy. Yeah, yeah he was the Buddha Palm guy. <laughs> but, just like, but he's reading in. It. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was to say like he was. I think he was actually naming the stances from the Buddha Palm <laughs> <sort of> manual. <laughs> But he was like performing them in totally in, like he was completely, for lack of a better term, he was shit at what he was doing basically. <laughs>
0: well, and he, and he and he had the whole thing where he um where he, he's he's reading the guy's palm and he's like, wait, you're blind? How are you reading my blind my, my palm? And he says, uh, you know, oh, even a blind man can see see your fate. And uh, you know, it was just it was a very I don't know it was a really good scene. And then yeah, and then he's doing like I think he ends with like the slapping. The slapping yeah. sequence, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but yeah, that that was—I thought that was a great scene. Um, and and that's the thing: there are so many. There are like so many amazing scenes. There's almost too many. It's almost like that. There are too many notes scene uh, in uh, in Amadeus. Have you guys seen Amadeus or no? Am I? Just, I have. Okay, you know you know the too many notes scene, right? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's too much. There's almost too much good kung fu here, and you you don't. It's like you 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 keep forgetting all these different scenes. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I thought that was, that was one of the, uh, uh, one of my favorites. Um, But then there's the other scene too, with the antique dealer and the, and the, and the, and the the knife shoe and the, and the, and the hidden dagger in the scroll, you know, there's, and and again, that scene is also one of these polite ones where he's still sort of trying to pretend that he's not, uh, that he's not fighting with the guy. And so it's sort of like, it's sort of like a, a face saving sort of, you know, gentlemen being polite and and not really letting on that they're that they're having a battle. Uh but uh but yeah, so uh I don't know. I guess I guess you know there's a lot of good kung fu in this movie. A lot a lot of really good kung fu. And that's not even getting into the sort of the typhoon wall sequence and the uh and the and the final battle with uh with Lolier. Um which is it's amazing. I mean, this is a movie where you can look you can almost overlook the the scene that with, with Lolier's villain because there's so much other stuff leading up to it. Um, but yeah, so uh, w- what did you guys think of the, the, and again, I don't know, in the subtitles they called them the seven bitters or the seven bitter tigresses. Um, but uh, what did you guys think of that scene?
2: Oh, I just realized it's a pun. Oh, Christ.
1: What's <laughs> <laughs> the pun? Go ahead, tell us.
2: The, the, the word for tiger and bitter is the same in Cantonese.
3: Oh,
0: <laughs> Okay, so that's that. interesting.
2: Because I was like, are <laughs> yeah. they saying bitter
0: is in past tense of biting
2: or bitter is in, you know, the, the emotion? Um, no, I, no I, I think what they're referring to is that like, Tutful is is how you'd say bit seven bitters and it's also how you would say seven tigers. So okay. it's like
3: oh
2: it just clicked for me there. <laughs> and and these characters they're they're led by I think
0: uh I forget what they called uh called the character. I think it was bitter kitty. Was that was that how they referred to to him in the dubs? Uh yeah. What are the dubs when we introduced it it was like bitter catty. Bitter caddy, okay, something, something along the, but it's like the leader of the seven, of the seven bitters. and this is sort of like Lao Kar Lung does this thing where he always has, if he doesn't have females, he at least has like a, 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 you know, feminine energy, like some kind of yin going through the movie, and that was definitely
2: the wrong kind of yin,
0: but but <laughs> it was, but, but, yeah, but it was it was, so so. I was trying to think through the logic of what was going on here. It sounded to me like they have this tea and when they give it to you, it does something to your internal energies so that you become more, so you, more feminine. Right. Is that the.
1: Right. That's what it appeared to me. I mean, well, the whole guys is they go, um, there's no a reward out for um, to capture Wang, the 11th Prince. And they, um, the doctor who says he's not going to say anything, decides he wants the $5000 for for himself so he gets this effeminate man to go with him and they knock on the door and he's pretending that he's a woman and poor ho who is um totally clueless about everything goes out cuz they're after him they want him to come out and you know, he's like, oh, it's me. So he goes out to try to solve the issue and realizes it's men. But, yeah, that whole scene was pretty, pretty interesting with each of the seven having their names representing their kind of style or what they did. Um I, don't, I lost my thought, train of thought. That's okay. There's
2: <laughs> a lot going on in this movie. There's a lot so going I, on. I just want to say, like, for, for the, the leader of the Seven Bitters there, so in this sort of dynasty, eunuchs were a very uh, prominent part of the court, and sometimes you get some that manage to escape, or not mm. escape, but retire, or otherwise make their way out of the... Um, the, the palace basically yep. and i'm wondering if he is supposed to be um uh, one, of, one of these sort of like hidden eunuchs and
0: i i don't know because a lot of times when they have the eunuch characters in these movies they they sort of have like a a pale sort of quality to them it seems yeah. to be like but but maybe because he could be going down that sort of swordsman to uh uh bridget lynn sort of uh you know direction where where the the becoming the eunuch sort of recalibrated his in, his internal energy or something and so he's sort of becoming more feminine i i don't know but it's definitely it's definitely sort of meant to be like a i think a yin energy thing where these guys are are i mean there, there's because because you see it like in in um uh you know clan of the white lotus and and Executioners from shaolin that that sort of you know female style of, uh, of Kung Fu and they were definitely fighting in a more, except for the guy with the big tummy that was the sufferer. Um oh, yeah. All, but, but then he didn't strike back. Do you know what I mean? So there was still sort of like a a different thing going, you know, his his, st- his style just involved getting hit, I guess, until the other guy got tired out. But, um, but, but I don't know, it was, it was an interesting scene because you didn't get the sense that the stakes were enormous. It wasn't like you were, you weren't really feeling that, that Ho was going to get by these guys but it was a really interesting sort of interaction and it was like a really unusual character and uh and again it just sort of tied in with that uh uh you know that theme that you sometimes see in in these lao karlung films um but uh but yeah the sufferer and uh, i can't
2: remember the names of the other guys but there were a bunch of oh, those the bites uh... the, biter. <laughs> the biter yeah there was the guy who was pouring tea as well. I don't know what was so horrific about having tea poured at you. But it was
1: the effects of the tea that, when after it was poured down Ho's throat, he started to become sort of effeminate until yeah. you realized well, he was just pretending. Then you realized he's like showing his guns and he's like, Have you ever seen such a strong arm as this? And the leader of the ga- gang was like, um, yeah, I've seen stronger, but none any sexier. So I'm like, okay, sexier. Would that have really come out of their mouths back then? You know, just
2: yeah. I don't know. But it here. You know, but if I, if it to be fair, that that, that sort of that theme was more for the, the, the comedy idea. Like, yeah. So it's possible that they right. would have put in some modern modern slang in. Or- more modern slang in, <laughs> just to just 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 to sort of fit the moment, um, without too much of a care as to whether it was the, pe- appropriate for that period or not.
0: Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a comedic scene. I think that was definitely what they were definitely. going for And I think that's
2: what what I was confused about with that scene is is was the the fights with the the seven bitters all part of a dream sequence, and then he realizes that oh hold on a second something strange is going on here and. Uh, maybe it was the the, the leading bit of uh the leader of the bitters who was hypnotizing him in some way um i didn't get dream was... from that sequence but i might have
0: missed something so it's possible that i i didn't get dream either i just got that the I, tea I, was supposed to make yeah, him i think that's what you i think that was the tea effect that they were uh that he was reacting to because the tea seemed to be what triggered them to become more female
2: yeah, because because what the only reason I think that is because during the fight scene, um, Ho-, Ho Ching's character Ho, Ho Ching is topless, and then the moment like the tea is poured in, like he and he sort of awakens, like he has his he has his clothes wrapped around him again, and he's just standing where he was originally stood in the, at the beginning of oh, the scene. I,
0: I didn't notice that. Maybe you know what that maybe, might
1: be just a continuity thing. Yeah,
0: maybe maybe yeah. after the podcast we will pop in and and, and, and rewatch that and see if that. Uh, if, if, if what you're saying because i didn't I, I missed that if that's the case i i assumed that there was like a t thing that was blurring things um but uh but yeah so i, I don't know maybe, maybe maybe you're right and we're wrong um but uh but either way the uh the, the other part of the logic of it that i seem to be extracting from it is that if he kicked them in the groin that somehow nullified the effects of the t um because <laughs> uh so which again is something you know that you know you see that that uh you know that was in executioners from Shaolin, you know there's the, that the, it it seems to be a low thing so um, <laughs> but uh but yeah so i don't know but i thought it was a good scene it was funny um and the uh 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 the training sequence too which was around that time uh was kind of interesting uh where where he sort of you know uh uh eleventh prince is is uh he, he got wounded by the guy. By the way, when he got wounded from that dagger from the scroll, that was like up there with James Bond taking a martini, in my opinion. Where, where, where the bad guy's like, oh, just it's, the answer is inside the scroll. Here you go, and he, uh, and he, um, and he, and he knifes him. But but he gets injured, and they they have a training sequence after, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys had thoughts on that scene or if it just.
1: Well, with the hidden scrolls, I was screaming at the TV, don't believe him. Because I was they um, remember in the scene where the antique dealer was talking to whoever was sending him out, saying that he won't get past the knives or the won't get past the shoes or the scrolls. When the shoes were revealed to have the knives in them, I was like, okay, so where are the scrolls? And then once he mentioned the scrolls, I was like, oh, there's something really bad going to happen with the scrolls. Don't trust them, but he trusted them anyway.
2: It was a bit of a checkup scum there. You sort of, knew, yeah. Uh, we, as the audience, knew that's like yeah. the scrolls, but yeah. You know, no matter how much we scream, he's, we know he's going to open up the scrolls. <laughs> he's gonna fall know.
0: for well, it. Like I said, it's yeah. like
2: James Bond with the martini. You
0: know, like like don't drink. like there's poison in there. Stop it. Um, but uh, um, but yeah. So uh, yeah, I know. I kind of like the training sequence. I always find that interesting. I like the method they use where they put the the hot. Uh, the hot dishes on his shoulder i think it had like oil in it or something and so uh it was an interesting way to get him to keep his shoulders level uh it's sort of like a very you know interesting approach
2: and, it might uh, seem a bit like in, inhumane to people who might train in modern day martial arts but i i actually feel like that's a very reasonable way of you know training back in the olden days oh yeah um, I mean, the whole thing of sort of the candles and kicking the poles while balancing things on your shoulder—it just seems so appropriate. It's like, yeah, you know, when you think about it, well, what better way is there to train your balance than by? the fear of pouring scalding oil on yourself well, and I mean, how can you train your king speed if not by like avoiding burning yourself in candles
0: well and also i mean a lot of a lot of like modern methods are still pretty i mean they're not they don't use fire but at least i've never been exposed to fire when i came but but a lot but a lot of the a lot of things are pretty grueling and painful and 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 there is sort of like a negative reinforcement thing that often goes in like I knew of some schools where the, 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 masters would have the, the rattan sticks and they would use those on students that, that didn't, uh, didn't have the correct form or whatever, but also just, you know, you know, slapping somebody in the face if they're not keeping their guard up. That's, you know, that's, you pretty quickly learn not to do it. Um, so, so I think, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit on the, on the cruel side, but it's not so far removed from, from having somebody like, you know, punch you in the nose. Um, well, I think it's just typical.
1: I mean, you use in training what you have around and that's basically what they had around in that time. And, I mean, obviously today things back then seem to be inhumane, but you just have to use your resources. Things change with the times and things have been updated, but back then that was probably totally acceptable.
0: Well, and honestly, my only con- I, I didn't for me it didn't seem cruel what it seemed was maybe risky because I thought, well, if it's just burning him a little, that's okay. But if it, if it uh if he caught on fire, that would be that would be a problem. <laughs> so so that would be my concern. Maybe maybe just using um just the candle without the oil might be the way to go. Um, unless that was just meant to be hot wax that was in the in the dish, but it looked like oil to me, and it looked like it was spreading, and he had to put it out. Um. But uh. But yeah. So what about the uh the typhoon wall scene? The windy the Windy scene where they show up on their way to Peking and uh, uh, they're 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 met with uh, with with archers and the, the Mongolian
2: warrior. I don't know, was, I, I thought this the, so I, I really admire the set for that actually. So, just on, on the way in, they have the massive wind blowing and everything sort of it looks like it's dusty and abandoned. Like, it was, I thought it was a pre, very impressive um design for that area. Um, the, the fight scene itself was a little bit... I mean, it, it didn't help that Gordon who was in, in the wheelchair thing. It, it felt a bit restricted, and maybe that was the idea. It, it did feel a bit claustrophobic because, uh, yeah, they, they were trying to navigate these sort of tight paths and, uh, and yeah, people jumping at, at them from all over the place use, using their mobility against them type of thing, but... Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed the way that scene looked.
1: I thought the Mongolian warrior kind of was weak. I don't know. After all the other clever uh, fight scenes that had been before it, it was kind of a little let down for me.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I thought this scene, uh, I think the archers were the big threat in this scene, but I thought that um, that it looked to me almost like a King Who movie. Like the the coloration. Like, there was, like, a tone to the colors. The red red tone. It was sort of, like, red but earthy. I don't know quite how to... I'm not good with colors, so I'm not... You know, somebody that's better with colors could probably give it the
1: It was, like, a red, brownish clay-type coloring to me.
0: Yeah, it looked like a lot... Like, you just see that coloration in a lot of King Who movies. And I wasn't sure if that was what... If it was an allude... Because it was even, like, beautifully shot. Like, something about this scene seemed like... Like, shot in a different style than Lau Kar-Lung would do, typically do. Do you know what I mean? Like, like just some of the, the moments I was like, Ooh, that's like a really good shot of Gordon Lou's face by the fan or by the umbrella or whatever. And, uh, and, but I don't know, my, my favorite moment. And this one was, uh, was the, the spear chuck when he's in the wheelchair and he chucks the spear at one of the guys. There was just like a really, I don't know. There's a really quick sort of, uh, sort of moment in there that, that I thought looked incredible. Um, but I don't know, yeah, I, like, I think the big thing about this one, Kenny, is, is like you said, like the, the set, the, the location. It just sort of was like a really cool environment to have a fight.
2: Yeah, because, you know, I agree with the, the, the Mongolian warrior was the, the most underwhelming part of the scene. Actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> the best part about
0: him was the way he died. That was really his, uh, <laughs> that was, you know, because he, he basically gave them the information they wanted. Um, you know, when he real, and he was you know, once he, once he, once he got killed by, by, by his own side, he was like, you know, screw that. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. And, uh, and so, so I kind of, I, I think the, the enjoyable part in that moment for me was just sort of that, uh, the way that that information came out. Um, but, uh, but then that le- leads, you know, right into the scene with, um, with Loli and there's like three guys attacking them at once, basically. And you get sort of this climactic uh, battle, and uh, and you know as the uh, as the eleventh prince is trying to uh, make it back to the uh, to the court. Um, so I don't know what do you guys think of the finale.
2: Before we go on to the finale, yeah, I just wanted to talk about the the scene where we first get an inkling that there's a conspiracy going on. And you yeah, know we, we have a prince walking, but the thing is they hid the face or the head of the the prince from um, us the, the, for that entire introduction scene. Uh, I mean we see Lola's character and, uh, and I think some some of the other sort of big um, bosses, shall we say. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand the point of hiding the the fourth prince from us like it's not like any, any one of us would have known like who the hell he was anyway <laughs> i guess um
0: so that it mad at the end scene when you see all the princes but yeah i don't know i mean i guess one-armed swordsman kind of does that and i think we had this conversation during the one-armed swordsman one where it was like why are they hiding this guy from us exactly
1: um, yeah, and then and- when they show them, it's a big letdown because it was a letdown for me at the end. The end I thought was disappointing. I didn't like the way it ended.
0: And you didn't like the final battle, or you didn't like the ending in the courtroom? Both. Okay. No. What What, <laughs> what did you not like about them?
1: I don't know. With um, the final fight, I think just was not as impressive as I thought it could be. With Lowlier being. Um, the last fighter, mm-hmm. and I just thought that after fighting the general, that um, the eleventh prince should have at least fought the fourth prince, or it should have been more clearly revealed that who the fourth prince was um, at the end. I don't, I just I don't know the. The end was too comedic for me. That was my, I guess, my issue. There was no clear ending for me. Like, the murderous brother wasn't taken out, I guess, and that's what I wanted.
2: Okay. How how do you feel (laughs) about it? It didn't sort of close off the main plot, I I feel like. Right. Like, it uh, it's sort of left in the air who the heir is going to be for the emperor. Mm-hmm, and that too. The the conflict between the fourth and the eleventh prince were, uh, is is not resolved, and they they literally just killed like a prominent general of the dynasty. And what <laughs> what's the fallout of that going to be? <laughs> how how are they going to explain that to the emperor? Type of thing. There's just all these little things that make it the end the very like I I thought the fight scene was, was fine. The ending was just like huh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought that I thought the the fight scene I enjoyed. Um, also, I think I, I I'm, I'm I'm rewatching that scene at the um, at the typhoon wall and 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 I think I think the big thing about that one that that works now that I'm rewatching it is the uh, the way that the the umbrellas are in the like something about that visual of the umbrellas surrounding the wheelchair and everybody firing at it and all the wind. Yeah, you know, there's just like this there's something really interesting about that, but. Yeah, the ending I don't know. La Carlone likes to ending things on uh on comedic notes sometimes, you know, that's uh and so I think it was just sort of that. Um, but I got the impression that, that you were expecting that he would resolve it, that he would sort of reveal the plot to the father, and that's why he needed to get there. Um, unless he was just gonna let bygones be bygones after he, he killed the fellow conspirators. Um
2: and, and another thing is, like after you know, after um his, his leg got injured, and we, we he, and the doctor just left, and you know he, he sits up and talks to um Ho Ching about, oh, I didn't want to be a king. I just want to be surrounded by wine, art, and kung fu. So I'm going to make my way all the way back to the royal capital where I'm fight with my brothers for the throne. <laughs> where was the logic in that?
0: <laughs> well, is he okay? I see. You're, I don't know. I mean, I guess the question is whether he's going to be trying to become the air once he gets there or if he's just going to be trying to end the conspiracy so he can enjoy all the things he's he's talking about but also he just what, might be motivated by a sense of duty what was that the mm-hmm.
1: well my thing was I felt that he was going back to the court because there was a strong possibility that he was going to be named Um, the heir to the throne because obviously they didn't out of all the brothers, they didn't know which one was going to be the heir. So maybe there was a strong possibility that he was going to be the heir and that he was just going to go and maybe say, um, I don't want to be the heir. Could you choose somebody else? But definitely not number four, because he's trying to kill me, you know, have some kind of better resolution to the whole situation. I would Because I got the strong feeling that the reason why number four was trying to kill him in the first place was because that number 11 was the strongest threat of being the heir to the throne. Otherwise, why bother to kill him? There's only, what, three people ahead of you.
0: Yeah, that, that would make the most logical sense. And for all we know, he's trying to kill all the other brothers, too. And, and they've all had their own sort of struggle getting there. But I would imagine that he's just going after the, the biggest competitor. Um, so you're pro- I think you're probably right. But, uh but yeah I don't know I I, I guess uh yeah I, I hadn't thought about that I I was fine with the ending but but now that we're talking about it I guess it would be maybe nice to get some res- resolution on on some of those points
2: yeah I I thought that this is the fight scene before the, the climax it was really good like I I feel like um the had a sort of guan Yu sort of Vibe going to him like he was dressed all in green, which is sort of what Guan Yu generally does, and he has like the long flowing beard with the um, I can't remember what with the glaive. She's <laughs> like, That's like, it's trying to emulate Guan Yu, but he, but he looked decrepit, didn't he? Didn't he have like a lurching,
0: sort of like hunched posture in a lot of the scenes? Yeah, like
2: yeah, a little bit because I think Guan well, Yu, I think
0: like a really sort of you know, heroic yeah, stance. Type of yeah, of yeah. and he was really sort of leaning over, and 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 also the guy doing the dub I think was either drunk or deliberately slurring <laughs> his speech because because he was like slurring lines. Um, but he did multiple characters, I think, in this dub. Yes. and and I don't think the other ones were slurred. So I don't know if it was because that's what he thought the character should be doing. I'm just making a creative choice that this guy needs to have his slurred speech. Or if the guy playing him just got drunk before that scene and it, uh, or didn't get enough bed rest. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I didn't, I, 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 I sort of see what you're saying, but at the same time, I felt like he, it would be a really odd Guan Yu because he'd be really was kind of like, you know, he was also sort of like, like a, like a, like a, a, a villain from a universal movie in some ways. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, and one thing I did notice about the fight scene as well was that, um, so yeah, maybe, maybe this ties in with you know sort of saying how he is he, a bit hunched over and um, out of breath type of like he is not in his sort of peak type of uh, he is acting like he's not in his peak because he passes the um, the glaive around a lot like he there are times where he just hands it over to his like there's one particularly impressive handover where he sort of spins it on the ground and it's so, it's still standing upright with no one holding it and then like. One of his the one of the guys the helpers sort of runs up and holds on to it mm-hmm. while he sort of poses and he's like taking a breath and i I, I, I don't know I, I thought that was like a, um a nice little touch like if it's trying to show that he is like maybe he he was like a most impressive general in his time like he was mm-hmm. martially capable but he's getting on in his years or he's out of practice and well, well and that, that's something that I think gets into something that I think works Generally,
0: through the whole film, which is these little flourishes like that that are really easy to just not even notice the moment they happen, but they kind of uh, not only they maybe reveal something or uh, reflect something about the character, but they're just I don't know inter- interesting things that just they they only exist for a split second in the fight, uh, but it seems like a lot of thought went into this choreography to me. Uh, I just get the feeling that it was it was uh, I mean there is. There is enough good fighting in this film for like five movies. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like this would be enough. To, like the the you. I feel like you remember, you know, top quality scenes that normally you remember over the course of five films. Not over you know five really good movies. Not just all existing inside one movie. And and they're and they're ex- they're endless. They're like there's like it's just this exotic... like they they're just never run out of energy and it, it just kind of keep going and surprising you um but uh but yeah I, I i think i i think uh that's an interesting point that you raise about that um so i don't know any any other thoughts about about this film uh, i don't know if we missed anything or not
1: i think there was a um Gordon Liu's character had a really neat contraption, like his Walker King kind of thing, kind of at that one scene where he flipped it open and actually took a seat so that Ho could do the fighting. I thought that was funny. I don't know why, but I just thought that that and the wheelchair with the all the um, umbrellas were kind of neat
0: contraptions to have and to be able to fight with there were a lot of like crutches and crutch-like and, you know, wheelchair-like devices throughout the whole movie, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, you know, you, you, need the, the cripple, the, the four cripples, you had it. And then you had it with, uh, you know, once, once Gordon Lou got injured, then he, he had it. And, and then, you know, is uh, so there's like a lot of imp, there's like a lot of implements being incorporated into, uh, into the fighting.
1: Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And, um, my favorite part, I guess, of the final scene was where they were holding Lole's hands with the with his weapon plus the staff, and you know, fighting at the waist down. I, there was a lot of uh, waist down fighting
0: in this movie, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, like a lot of the ones where they're like kind of squatting and they're like, Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, always kind a lot of, of leg work. Watch. Well, and even the training sequence had a lot of that. It was a lot of that mm-hmm. sort of like you know. um, yeah, and that's those those low stances must must be killer to, to hold for for that that length of time but Train uh, the <laughs> but um but yeah no it's a uh, it's it's a uh, it's definitely uh you know an interesting film um, and uh and yeah so I don't know closing thoughts
1: I enjoyed the film I think everybody should see it um don't let the title Bull you or lead you in a different direction but it's a really good movie I enjoyed it I think that um Gordon Liu and is it Wang Yu um have really good comedic chemistry together I think they work well as a pair in this movie Wang Yu sorry yeah I think that they um worked really well together I love their scenes together
2: yeah I and I, I thought this was a really good movie if we ignore some of the plot points. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I say this a lot about sort of martial art movies, don't I? It's just like, well, if we ignore a few aspects of the plot, then it's a really great movie. Um, that's probably just me really nitpicking. Like, I, I I really, you know, I, one thing we didn't really talk about was the opening sequence, which I really enjoyed as well, which I feel basically it was the whole movie in the nutshell and then here's the movie oh
0: like the credit the, the <laughs> opening credit sequence with the, yeah yeah no that was really cool it me, it's like it tells you everything about what happens in the movie and then it you know but it's done in like dance form and like fight form it's not like a it's like like that opening scene that you get in a lot of these movies where somebody's either doing a form or there's like you know guys sort of being introduced and battling but it's not really in a real environment it's sort of on some kind of weird sound stage i i, I thought that looked great and i love that it it really prepped your mind for what was coming.
2: Yeah. And I really appreciated you know, the comedy and the rest of the movie. And like I said, like I mostly know of Gordon Liu for his sort of, sort of more comedic roles. And, uh, and you know, he was perfect in this. He had the timing down pat. And yeah, you know, he, 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 he for like a better time. He killed a role, I think so, which is great.
0: Well, he can definitely do see, I mean, he's known for serious stuff too. He can definitely do serious. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think he shines a lot in these comedic roles for sure, um, and I guess I don't know, on the terms of the story, I guess for me, for a martial arts movie, this seems like a decent story to me it uh I feel like Lao Kar Lung's pretty good at getting you interested in the characters and sort of all the stuff that's that are, that's going on, But the expectations I have are very different when I walk into a martial arts movie than when I walk into like a drama or something, so um. But I've I w I, I would definitely say that I've seen some some way, way worse storylines in movies, uh than in, you know, uh some of the Lau Carlo movies. There these are generally uh, uh, I find them pretty engaging. Um but uh but yeah, so uh I do uh, Lady Xiaofeng, what are your closing thoughts?
1: No, I thought it was a great movie. I like the non traditional plot of not seeking revenge. But um, and I, I just thought it was a really great movie, great chemistry between the cast. I like the sets and the scenery I thought it was really good, um, especially I like the the pleasure boat scene at the beginning with all the girls and everything and them buying for the attention of the girls. I thought that was really well done. But I, I just I love the subtleness of the of the fights at the beginning where you onlookers wouldn't know that they were actually fighting i thought that was a clever way to showcase the martial arts Thought was really good really well done
0: yeah i I think this has got a lot of good fight scenes in it um it's you know it, it really covers a lot of ground and and it's um you know i would say try watching it uh it's these kind of films are probably good when you're in a good mood I think because you kind of have to be open to the comedy that's in them and uh and lao karlung definitely sort of peppers this with with plenty of comedy um but uh but yeah it's available on prime people should check it out if they're interested if, if uh you know ideally people are you know watching them and then having a discussion with us but if uh, if this is your introduction and we've spoiled it for you you can go watch what we were talking about on amazon prime um and, uh, and uh, you know, we'll be back next week. Until then, we will talk to you later.